بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على دين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إقرار به وتوحيدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما مزيدا أما بعد قال نوويه رحمه الله تعالى الحديث التاسع والثلاثون عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله تجوز عن أمتي الخطأ والنسيان وما استكره عليه حديث حسن رواه ابن ماجه والبيهقي وغيرهما in this uh, 39th hadith of Arba'un, <coughs> and now rahimullah ta'ala, he said, and Ibn Abbas, no thoughts of Ibn Abbas radiallahu an, said that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that verily Allah has pardoned and excused for me, for my ummah, their mistakes, their errors, their forgetfulness, and that which they have been forced to do under duress. And then he said that this hadith is Hassan, sound, related, uh, narrated by Ibn Majah and Al-Bayhaqi and other than them. Regarding this hadith, inshallah, bi'idhillah, we deal with some nuqat, <coughs> some points. The first point that we're going to deal with is the statement of uh, An-Nawi, Ruwahu ibn Majah, Wal-Bayhaqi, and that is, he says that it's narrated in this hadith. is narrated is in the in the Sunan of Bayhaqi and and uh, Ibn Majah, and uh, other than them both, from the way of the ulama when they say وَغَيْرُهُمَا and other than them, it must it means other than them that are less than them in station or in status or in authenticity. So other than them does not include Bukhari or Muslim. So who here are mentioned other than them will be the likes of Ibn Hibban or Darqutani and other than them but not Bukhari and Muslim other than them but if it was for example Rawahu Bukhari or Muslim and other than them then it would be those who are less than Bukhari Muslim which would be uh, other than them like Nasai or Sunan of Nasai Ibn Majah and, and the rest of the books of Hadith as the most authentic compilation of hadith and the consensus of the ummah is Bukhari and Muslim point number two <coughs> and that is that uh, this hadith has been uh, authenticated here said uh, it's Hassan by uh, An-Nawi and also Sheikh Al-Albani Rahimullah Ta'ala in Mishkat, Masabih, he authenticated this hadith. And some of the ulama have deemed it weak <coughs> from many angles. But like we say, like we see in uh, the 40 hadith of Anawi, Rahimullah, is that he mentions uh, narration, even though it may have some weakness on occasion, depending on the level of weakness, that there are other texts that can support it. And this brings us to point number three. 
And that is that for these three affairs that is mentioned in this hadith, and that is forgetful uh, mistake, forgetfulness, and one being compelled under duress, these three affairs are mentioned in the Quran. That's point number three. And that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbana, la tu'akhidna in nasina wa akhta'na. O our Lord, do not take us to account if we forget or we make a mistake. So in this verse, Al-Khata wa nisyan mathkuratan. Al-Khata wa nisyan mathkurani fi hadhihi al-ayah. Making errors and forgetfulness is mentioned here in this verse that Allah has said that we say, Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina wa akhta'na. وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِيمَا أَخْتَعْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِمْ مَا تَعَمَّتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, There is no fault upon you in the earth or things that you have erred except for that which you purposely have done in your heart. As for al-ikrah, compulsion, this is also mentioned in the Qur'an. كَمَا قَالَ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى مَنْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَا وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the one who disbelieves in Allah after Iman, yani there is a punishment for them, إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَا Except for the one that's been compelled وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ And that his heart, whilst his heart is, is uh, at ease with belief in Allah, he's been compelled yeah, need to do to say something of kufr or compelled to do something which is in opposition to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here Allah's mentioned in various verses these three affairs. And that is al-khata, wal-nisyan, wal-istikra. And that is making a mistake, forgetfulness, and being compelled. So therefore, we'll define the three. And that's point number four. And that is... Definition of al-khata, a definition of a nisyan, and definition of istikara, definition of an error, definition of forgetfulness, and definition of one being compelled under duress. As for al-khata, the definition of al-khata, huwa an yartakiba al-insanul amala an ghayrim amdin, or min ghayri amdin, or an ghayri amdin. And that is that uh, an individual does an action with unintentionally he doesn't intend to do it it's a mistake he did not intend and this is uh i'm yani not doing it on purpose and this is the definition of a mistake and this is the definition of a mistake that individual he does an action without purposely doing it without intent the next one is a nisyan and that is that the, where the heart is absent-minded regarding an affair is something that they've known before. They've knew it before, but the mind has is absent-minded. So they have forgot. And this is forgetfulness. And that is the absent-mindedness or, or where the, the heart is not attentive. Uh, with something that they knew before. So they've fallen into this affair due to forgetfulness. And the next one is, well, istikra. And that is being compelled. 
أن يكرهه شخص على عمل أو يكره يكره شخص على عمل محرم ولا يستطيع دفعه. And that is that an individual has been compelled by someone else to do something that is haram, and he does not have the ability to repel that compulsion or that that barakallahu uh, fikum forcefulness of the individual. And that is the lastikra. These are the three affairs that is mentioned in this hadith, and likewise as mentioned in the book of Allah, Tabaraka wa Taala. This takes us to point number five. And that is the general fawaid and benefits that we can take from this hadith. The first one is Sayyatul Rahmatillah. And that is the mercy of Allah, the encompassing and overwhelming mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The overwhelming and encompassing mercy of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and his kindness to his ibad. In that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has lifted the ithm Allah has lifted the sin that an individual has fallen into if it's due to the three affairs that's mentioned in this hadith. And that shaykh that shows the mercy of Allah. So without a doubt it shows you in this hadith the ithbat rahmatillah that with it it shows the Attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rahmah And it's in itself a refutation against Ahl bid'ah and the people Who negate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sifat Because the results of Allah's sifat Is present And from the results of his sifat or rahmah And his attribute of mercy Is his forgiveness And pardoning in these affairs Amongst many many other things That I've mentioned That have been mentioned in the book of Allah And the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu And that one also witnesses Throughout their lives, showing the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The next benefit we can take from this, or an affair that we can take from this, is that the Jami' al-Muharramat, all of the impermissible affairs in ibadat. And other than that, إذا فعل الإنسان جاهلاً أو ناسياً أو مكيهاً فلا شيء عليه فيما يتعلق بحق الله. And that is that. All of the impermissible affairs from worship and other than worship, if an individual falls into this out of ignorance, number one, or out of forgetfulness, number two, or being or in compulsion, you know, compelled, number three. There's nothing upon him as long as it's relating to the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا يُعْفَ عَنْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ الدَّمَّانِ وَإِنْ كَانْ يُعْفَ عَنْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ الْإِثْمِ As for the son of uh, the, the, the human beings and so forth, if one does any harm or wrong to another person, he doesn't get a sin, but he has to make up or has to بَارَكَ uh, uh, compensate uh, that harm that he has done. Even though he's not, it's not a sin on him, but it is upon him to compensate. So that is for other than the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An example of this, Barakallah <laughs> 
أن معاوية بن حكم رضي الله عنه تقلم مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في صلاة فسمع عاطسا عطس فحمد الله فقال له معاوية رضي الله عنه يرحمك الله فرماه الناس بأبصارهم أي جعلوا ينظرون إليه نظرا إنكار فقال و فقال كلمة توجع فجعله يضربون على أفخارهم أفخاذهم يسكتونه فسكت فلما انتهت الصلاة دعه من كان به المؤمنين رعوف رحيم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قال معاوية فبأبي هو وأمي ما رأيت معلما أحسن تعليما منه ما كهرني ولا شتمني ولا ضربني وإنما قال إن هذه الصلاة لا يصلح فيها شيء من كلام الناس إنما هو في التكبير هي هي التكبير هي تكبير والتصبيح وقراءة القرآن. This hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, Ibn Thaymin rahimahullah taala uses an example to show that when an individual and this is regarding the haq, the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the individual he speaks in salah, because we pray to Allah, it's from the haq of Allah, from the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As ibadah, it's from the rights of Allah. You know the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal, when haq al-ibadi Allah, when haq al-lahi al-ibad, when haq al-ibadi Allah, with the rights of Allah upon his slaves, and ta'abuduhu wa la tushriku bihi shay'a. The rights of the... Of Allah on His slaves is that you worship Him alone and do not associate partners with Him. And from ibadah, from worship is salah. So if an individual he speaks in salah and he thinks that this speech is permissible, his salah is not his salah is not invalid because he was ignorant. <clears throat> he made a mistake. He doesn't get a sin. And this is based in the hadith of Muawiyah radiallahu an. Muawiyah bin Hakim that he was in the salah with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he heard an and he heard somebody sneeze and the person Hamidullah, the person says Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah and then Muawiyah radiallahu anhu he said Yarhamukullah and the people accused him and looked at him with their eyes out of uh, uh, dislike and started uh, uh, hit, hitting the, the, the thighs and, and t- t- yani t- indicating that he should be quiet. And when he finished his salah, when he finished his prayer, the Messenger وسلم, called him. And the Messenger وسلم, is وسلم, very compassionate and kind with the believers. So much so when Nabi وسلم, advised him, Muawiyah bin Hakim, Ibn al-Hakim radiallahu anhu He said I have not seen a better teacher and educator Than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He didn't curse me He didn't show anger He didn't hit me But indeed the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Said to him Inna hadhi salah Verily this prayer La yasluhu fiha shay'un min kalamin nas It is not befitting That in it is the speech of man but rather in this salah we do takbir saying Allahu Akbar and we say tasbih we say subhanallah wa qiraatul Quran
and we recite the Quran, meaning he should not have said Yarhamukallah. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa advised him after salah. And the dalil the, the here is that he did not tell him to do his salah again. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa did not order him to repeat his salah, showing that due to his ignorance of the affair and ignorance of the action and mistake without uh, in unintentional mistake and so forth, the Messenger وسلم, did not tell him to return and redo his salah. It's from the haqq of Allah. It's from the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another example <coughs> as it relates to uh, this affair and that is that an individual regarding the rights of the Adami, regarding the rights of uh, the people, the humans, this is not the same as the rights of Allah. That's for the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the individual is pardoned, forgiven, and doesn't have to redo the act. There's no recompenses, no barakallahu uh, fikum, ill effects of his actions and so forth. But as for the Adami, the individual, the human being, if he, if he uh, harms an individual, so to speak, for example, a rajun, yeah, he's been compelled to kill someone and they say to them either you kill this individual or I could kill you an individual says to me either you kill this individual or I kill you and if he was to uh, uh, kill the individual he doesn't receive a sin because he was compelled but he's not excused he's not excused He's not excused in that he has killed somebody else. <coughs> so therefore the ruling Barakallahu Fikum Yabqa The ruling as raised to killing others remains because it's to do with the rights of someone else. And he has not been given the authority uh, by the Sharia legislation to kill somebody else because it's from the Haqq of the ibad. As for relates to Allah, this is something else. But as for the relates to the individual, this is an affair where the ruling remains and he must be dealt with accordingly for killing somebody else who Allah did not give him the authority to kill. So there is a difference between that which is related to the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rights of the ibad. Another example which Barakallahu uh, Fikum we need to uh, <coughs> pay attention to is the mercy of Al-Islam and the importance of seeking ilm and the importance of seeking knowledge because verily without knowledge harm can be or harm can occur as we see in this hadith the one that is ignorant and he falls into uh, a mistake. We need to have the knowledge as it relates to the rulings pertaining to this affair. Lest we oppress ourselves or oppress our brothers or oppress our families. So upon this is end. And there is no individual except that he needs to have this ilm. Which is why in this 40 hadith... And Nawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned this hadith. 
and its likes. That's one of the basics and fundamentals that everyone needs to know. You don't have to be an alim. You don't have to. It's not conditioned that you have to be an alim scholar to be studying such a hadith. But rather, this is the hadith that is al-jami' from the jawami' from these comprehensive narrations that we all need to know. So we need to know these three affairs that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam has mentioned in this hadith as to when an individual is excused and when an individual is not excused. And in this hadith is specific regard specifically regarding the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rahim But as it relates to the affair of the Adami, the human and so forth, then the Sharia has not lifted the repercussions of that individual's acts. And if we for example an example another example is an individual he has a sheep in his farm <clears throat> and uh, he slaughters a sheep thinking that it was his sheep but it is not his sheep it's somebody else's sheep but he made a mistake and slaughtered somebody else's sheep thinking it was his as it relates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's no ithm on him he has not sinned in that regard because he done this act unintentionally. But as it relates to the haq of the Adami, the rights of man, he has to replace and give that which the individual, the rights of that individual whose sheep he has slaughtered. So he has to give him a new sheep equal to that which he has slaughtered or its amount in cash, and so forth. So here, we have two things, and that is the rights of Allah. There's no sin upon him in that regard, because it's unintentional, and that's from this hadith here. And Ibn Abbas, And secondly, the haqq of the Adami, the rights of the people, he has to give him his sheep, he has to fulfill that right of that individual, and this is from the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this hadith, it shows the importance of knowing this ahkam and knowing these rulings in our affairs, lest that we oppress others or we oppress ourselves or people lose rahm, uh, hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in this hadith, it shows the importance of having hope in Allah. For verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all of forgiving and merciful subhanahu wa ta'ala but also we have to have the other pillar of ibadah and that is al-khawf fearing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because very Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rahim Allah is forgiving and merciful and also Allah tabarakahu ta'ala is shadidul iqab Allah is swift in taking one to account and with this we've completed the 39th hadith of a nawawi Rahimullah. Let's move on to the second, the next hadith or second hadith of today. Qala rahimullah ta'ala nawawiyu al-hadithu al-arba'un, the 40th hadith. And Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, on the authority of Umar, uh, Ibn Umar, Ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, qala akhada Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama biman kabay. He said that the messenger <coughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took me by my shoulder. 
he took me by my shoulder. فقال كن في الدنيا كأنك غريب. Be in this world as if you are a stranger. كن في الدنيا كأنك غريب أو عبر السبيل. Be in this world as if as though you are a stranger or a wayfarer passing by. Then Abdullah ibn Umar, وكان ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما يقول. And now he says that Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما he used to say إذا أمسيت فلا تنتظر الصباح if you reach the night do not wait for the morning وإذا أصبحت فلا تنتظر فلا تنتظر المساء and if you wake up in the morning do not wait for the evening وخذ من صحتك لمرضك and take from your wealth or from your health for your days of sickness ومن حياتك لموتك and prepare for your death through times in your life. This is an amazing hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rawahu al-Bukhari. And it's narrated in Sahih Bukhari. Regarding this, we mention uh, a few uh, benefits. The first benefit, it shows the husn ta'aleem Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In this hadith, it shows... The excellence in the teaching of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu he said, "Akhda Rasulullahi biman that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam took my shoulder. It shows gentleness from the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in educating his student Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu That's number one. It also shows that that which he's going to mention is very important. So he's indicating to Abdullah ibn Umar. That he should pay attention because verily there's something important going to happen. So he took his shoulder and that shows the importance of what is to happen or what he's going to say. And also it shows the rifq and gentleness of and compassion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Point number two and that is that kun fi dunya Be in this world as if you're a stranger. Be from the Ghuraba. And the Ghuraba, being strange, is of three categories, as is mentioned by Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala. Being strange is of three categories. And the first category is the Ghuraba of Ahl Sunnah, as mentioned by Ibn Qayyim. And that is the strangeness of Ahl Sunnah. And this is according to the hadith where the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأَ تُوبَى لِلْغُرُبَاءِ He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Islam began as strange and it will return strange as it had begun. Glad tidings tuba for the غُرُبَاءِ Glad tidings meaning a tree in Jannah and glad tidings meaning Jannah as mentioned by some of the ulama and tuba Glad tidings for Jannah and glad tidings for a tree in Jannah for those who are the strange ones. And this this ghurba is the tamasuk with deen. Holding firm to the deen, holding firm to the sunnah. When the people are corrupted. Salihun, they are salihun in the midst of fasidun. They're correct and they're pious and they're. Upon correctness in the 
existence of those who are corrupt. So being strangers holding firm to the deen of Islam. In Bilashek we see this, sticking to the sunnah is gharib, is strange. Wearing the Islamic clothing is now strange. The woman wearing a hijab is strange. The woman wearing niqab is strange. Tuba lil ghuraba. Holding firm to the sunnah, holding firm to the legislation, holding firm to the identity, the Islamic identity is gharib, is strange. Obedience of Allah is strange. Tuba lil ghuraba. Glad tidings to the strange. This is a praiseworthy strangeness. This is praiseworthy strangeness. And that's number one. Number two is the ghurba of Ahl Bidah. And that is a strangeness of the people of Bidah. Meaning strange as in alien to the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's alien to the deen of Islam. Which is why in the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Man amila amila laysa alayhi amruna rad. Whoever does an action that is not from our affair, then it is rejected. It's rejected because it's strange. It's not from us. Laysa fihi amruna. And like the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, Man raghiba an sunnati falaysa minni. Whoever turns away from my sunnah, then he's not from me. He's strange to us. So therefore, this is the blameworthy strangeness. And that is... The people of Ahwa, the people of Bidah, the people of, 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 of desires, their actions, the aqidah, the methodology is strange to Islam, it's alien to Islam, which is why the Messenger وسلم, said, Man amila amila laysa amruna Whoever does an action that is not from our affair, any strange to our affair, then it is rejected. The third category of strangeness is And that is that strangeness that every single human being is involved in. And that is strangeness in this dunya. No matter who you are, rich, poor, old, young, noble, peasant, you are a stranger in this world. Based upon this hadith. And this strangeness is what's mentioned in the hadith. Be in this world like you're a stranger. You're a stranger. There's nothing you can do about it. This is not our home. How do we know this? قال الله سبحانه وتعالى كل النفس ذائقة الموت ثم توفون أجوركم يوم القيامة فمن زحسه عن النار وأدخل الجنة فقد فاز وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور where he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, every soul will taste death. So we're strangers. Every soul will taste death. We all taste death. We're not going to be here forever. This is not our home. Every soul will taste death. Then you'll be given your just reward for your deeds on the day of judgment. And whoever's been distanced from the hellfire, فَقَدَ فَاسْ Then verily he has succeeded. وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُوءِ And this pleasures of this dunya is just deception. It's not our home. So the Messenger sallallahu said, كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ This is the ghurba that we all are involved in, whether we like it or not. It's just some of us choose to admit it. 
whilst others choose to deceive themselves and be deceived by the deceptor or the, the deceiver rather deceived by the deceiver and that is Iblis deceived in, by the affairs and the, 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 the pleasures of this dunya if we look at the here the fiqh of, and the 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 husnu ibara the beautiful statement here of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's mentioned it so we can understand and we can relate to it like you're a stranger meaning that an individual you're passing by you stay but you have to leave you stay for a week you have to leave you may stay for a year but you have to leave you may stay for a few months but you have to leave you may stay for 10 minutes but you have to leave and that's like the dunya you may be here for a day but you die you may be here for 20 years but you're gonna leave you may be here for 30 years but you're gonna leave this dunya you may be here for 50 years but you're still gonna leave it's not your home because your home is where you stay as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَوْلَاهُمُ الْحَقِّ And then they'll be returned to Allah, their Lord. This is our destination. ثُمَّ تُوَفُونَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Receive your just reward on a day of judgment. So we're all going to die. And this should encourage us all to increase in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to prepare for that day. And no soul knows where they're going to die. No soul knows, no soul knows when they're going to die. So this hadith is from the Mercy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Have not sent you except as a mercy to mankind. So mercy from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he has advised his ummah with this reality. And that is that we are robot. We are strangers, strangers in this world. And likewise, here we find the importance of following the way of the Salaf in that Abdullah ibn Umar he gave an exemplary advice to help us understand this hadith where he said وَكَانَ ibn Umar رَضِيَ يَقُولُ إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَذِرِ الصَّبَاحِ when it's the evening do not say I'm going to do I'll do ibadah so even I wait till the morning and I do ibadah. I wait till the morning and I do dhikr. I wait till the morning and I do hasana. I wait till the morning and I do good deeds. Rather do it now. Fala tadri. Nafsum madha taksabu ghada. The soul doesn't know what they're going to earn tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to have the ability to do that ibadah. Ghada. Tomorrow. So, here Abdullah ibn Umar is advising that individual to not procrastinate. You should not procrastinate. You do not do taswif. Rather, you should do the good deed now. وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ 
فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الْمَسَاءِ And if you wake up in the morning, don't say, I'll wait till the evening to do the ibadat, to do the tawbah, to make istighfar, to seek forgiveness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek forgiveness immediately. Because verily that could be your last breath. That istighfar could be your last breath. That waiting and delaying could be your last action. And then he said, وَخُذْ مِنْ صِحَتِكَ لِمَرَضِكَ وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ Use your good health in the obedience of Allah, knowing that there will be a day or a time when that health might go away, and you will not have the ability to worship Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ And whilst you are alive, Increasing the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because verily you don't know when you're going to die. And that death is imminent. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قال اذكروا حادم اللذات اذكروا حادم اللذات Remember the destroyer of pleasures. And that is al-mawt, death. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا مَاتَ إِبْنَ آدَمْ إِنْ قَطَعَ عَنْ عَمَلُهُ مِنْ عَمْلِهِ عَنْهُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم That when the son of Adam, they die, all of their actions are cut off, except for three. صَدَقَةٌ جَارِيَةٌ A continuous charity. إِلْمٌ يُنْتَفَعُ بِهِ Knowledge in which it is benefited or benefits others. And the third is the pious son or daughter making dua for him. These are the only three things. So therefore these three things here, doing good deeds, hasana, doing good deeds from charity, seeking ilm in order to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and giving da'wah and educating others and Walid al-Salih and uh, a, a pious child making du'a for us and du'a for you. This is encouraging us to give good tarbiyah and cultivation to our children and cultivation to our families for verily the reward will be for the air after. This is what we have to spend our dunya doing, ikhwah. This is what we have to spend the dunya doing. As for chasing the cars, as for chasing the wealth, Gathering wealth to say that I have money. Gathering wealth to compete. Have tafakhur. Boasting. In wealth and benin and children. This is a waste of time. Because everything will be cut off when we die. Except for those three things which incomprehensively we can say. Except for the obedience of Allah and spreading the obedience of Allah and aiding people and aiding one to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's all that's going to come with us in the hereafter وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ amazing advice from Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu to prepare for your death with your life in good deeds and obeying Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala 
and with that we've completed in in a summary type for a version of this amazing hadith kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharib wa abir sabil be in this world as if you are a stranger or wayfarer passing by it's amazing hadith which requires reflection from all of us every time we are diverted and we divert from and to get distracted from the main goal to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we should reflect on this hadith because we're strangers whether we like it or not this is the hurba mushtarika this is the strangeness that everyone is involved in and we want to be from the hurba the people of the sunnah obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the people are corrupted and who remember death the destroyer of pleasures so let's move on now to the 41st hadith qala nawawihu rahimallahu ta'ala nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala qala al-hadith al-hadi wal-arba'un the 41st hadith and abdullah ibn amr ibn al-aws radiyallahu an anhuma qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yakuna hawahu taba'an lima ji'tu bihi qala rahimallahu ta'ala nawi hadithun hasanun sahih rawaynahu yani tirmidhi yul rawaynahu fi kitab al-hujja بإسناد صحيح and that's now we actually saying and Abdullah ibn Umar Amr and Abdullah ibn Amr and Huma that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa says none of you truly believes until that which he sallallahu that which he loves is in accordance to that which he the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa has come with and now we ta'ala said that this hadith is hasan and sahih he authenticated this hadith as is mentioned in the Kitab Al-Hujjah and the Kitab Al-Hujjah is a Kitab by Abu Al-Fatih Nasr Ibn Ibrahim Al-Maqdasi and it's called Al-Hujjah Ala Tark Al-Muhajjah which is a good book of the Sunnah and he's saying that this hadith is found in that book regarding this hadith on Abdullah Ibn Amir Ibn Al-Aswar we have a few points. Al-Ula, the first point is that this hadith is authenticated by a Nawawi. This hadith is authenticated by a Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala. As for Ibn Rajab, he, he differed with this statement and he said, hadith He said, the authentication of this hadith is far-fetched. It is not authentic. He's deemed this hadith as weak, as as many of the ulama of hadith. Tasheehu had al hadith baidun jiddan min wujuh. By various angles, this hadith is weak, and that the authentication authenticating of this hadith is far fetched. And that is because fundamentally, tafarrada yatafarrada bihi nuaimu bin Hamad al Marwazi. And that is that in this hadith, if you can write down, in this hadith is weak because there is a narrator who individually narrated this hadith from the Isnad and that is a narrator called Nu'im 
ابن حماد المروزي نعيم ابن حماد المروزي and he نعيم ابن حماد is from the ulama of the sunnah and the ulama they had good thoughts of him because obviously he was from uh, the ulama and stuck to, to the sunnah and was severe against ahla ahwa but he used to have waham and make errors and uh, uh, delusional narrations but that does not take away from his status as from the scholars of the sunnah but his narration is not accepted as Abu Dawood Sajistani rahimahullah ta'ala he said rawa an-nu'aym 20 hadith an rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam laysa minha aslan laysa fiha aslan laysa fiha ma laysa fiha ma lahu asl aw kama qala and that is that Abu Dawood rahimahullah ta'ala he said, in the Naeem, Nahu Ishreen Hadithan, and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Laysa Laha Asul. He said that uh, Naeem has 20 narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he's involved in. 20 of those narrations, and none of them have an origin. origin. And in An-Nasai, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Imam An-Nasai, he said that Naeem is da'if. That Naeem is weak. So he is weak, and he is mentioned in this isnad, this hadith. So therefore, this hadith is weak. And it's, la uh, shak, it's uh, uh, correct in its meaning. In that it incorporates the importance of loving that which the messenger, your love should be in accordance with that which the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa came with. And bila shak, this is sahih. But this hadith is weak in itself. So this hadith is weak in itself. And this brings us to point number two. And that is that we, we have the meaning which is found in the book of Allah. And we have the meaning of the importance of uh, your, the love that one has is to be in accordance to uh, the sunnah, according to the legislation. This is found in the book of Allah. And from that is a statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah An-Nisa, Verse number 65. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, By your Lord, none of you truly believes until they use you as a judge between them in their disputes and they do not find any harm or any problem with that which you have legislator you have commanded where well, you sell and they submit so that means that that which is in the sudden of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the times of dispute kul intanazat intanazatum if you dispute in an affair then take it back to allah and his messenger and when we take it back to allah and his messenger we take it back to the sunnah we have no problem we are at ease we we welcome the ruling we welcome the dalil we welcome the proof harajan they don't find any problem within themselves with the rules that has been emanated from the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mimma qadayt wa yusallimu taslima they show absolute submission this is similar to the hadith that has been narrated here. And likewise, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Ahzab, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ 
اِذَا قَضَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ اَمْرًا اَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيرَةُ مِنْ اَمْرِهِمْ And he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is not for the believing man and nor for the believing woman, that if Allah and his messenger legislated an affair, that they have an issue with it. Meaning that we have to love it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَدْ ذَمَّ مَنْ كَرِيَ مَا هَحَبَّهُ اللَّهِ and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has indeed dispraised and, 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 and deemed blameworthy the one that hates that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Or the one Allah. Or the one that loves that which Allah hates. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and that because they hate that which Allah revealed. Yeah, that which Allah revealed is that which he loves. For it diminished their deeds. It diminished their deeds. Because they hated that which Allah loved. They hated and detested that which Allah revealed. And bila shik, that which Allah revealed is that which he loves, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it shows the importance of the, our love being in accordance to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ اِتَّبِعُوا مَا أَسْقَتَ اللَّهُ وَكَرِهُ رِضْوَانَهُ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُهُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ That because they follow that which Allah hated. And they hated that which Allah was pleased with. So the, the, for them hating that which Allah, uh, loving that which Allah hates, and hating that which Allah loves, their deeds have been made nullified. That's in Surah Muhammad, verses 9, and also in Surah Muhammad for the second one, verse 28. So it's upon the believer that he loves that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And this muhabba as-sahiha, and this is the next point, and that muhabba sahiha, that love that is correct and valid, taqtadil mutaba'ah, that love that is valid necessitates submission and compliance following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa following the legislation. Because Allah legislated mutaba'ah. Allah legislated the following of the sunnah. So he must love to follow the sunnah. Following the sunnah is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Say if you love Allah, then follow me. And Allah would love you. And forgive you your sins. If you love Allah, then follow that which Allah loves. Follow the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Fatabi'uni. Kulin kuntum tuhibuna. Fatabi'uni. If you love Allah, then follow the Sunnah. Follow the Mutabah because Allah loves it. If you love Allah, then Allah will love you. Yuhibbukum Allah wa yaqfulakum dunubakum. Your result and the reward for following the Sunnah is that Allah will love you, and Allah will forgive you. Wa yaqfulakum dunubakum. قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَاتُكُمْ وَآلْ 
اقترفتموها وأموال اقترفتموها وتجارة تخشون كسادها ومساكن ترضونها أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله فتربصوا حتى يأتي الله بأمره والله سبحانه وتعالى سيسي if your fathers, your sons, your brothers, your wives, your tribe, your wealth that you've earned, your business that you fear it going and your abode is more beloved to you than Allah and his messenger and fighting in his way, then wait for verily for the affair of Allah to come. Allah rebuking. It's a threat. Showing that our love has to be in accordance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to love that which Allah loves. Meaning we have to love for Allah. We have to love Allah. Number one. We have to love what Allah loves. Number two. And we have to love for Allah. Number three. And we have to hate for Allah. Number four. And we have to hate what Allah hates. Number five. And that is all incorporated in this chapter, in this hadith. Even though, as we mentioned, the hadith is weak. And this brings us to another point. And that is the Jami' al-Ma'asi. All sins تنشأوا من تقديم الهوان النفوس على محبة الله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم And that is every single sin is a result and emanates from allowing the desires to take precedence of over the love of Allah and the love of the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم Which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يقول فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَجِيبُوا لَكْ فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّمَا يَتَّبِعُونَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ اتَّبَأَ أَهْوَاهُ بِغَيْرِ هُدًا مِنَ اللَّهِ As Allah SWT in Surah Al-Qasas, He said, فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَجِبُوا And if they do not comply and answer, an answer to your da'wah, accept your da'wah, then know that they are following their desires. They are following their desires over that which Allah loves. وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ اتَّبَأَ هَوَاهُ And who is more astray than the one who follows his his desires min Allah, you know, other than the guidance of Allah, no authority from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why also Ahlu Bidah, the people of Bidah, the people of innovation, they innovate because they have made their desires take precedence over the legislation. Which is why they are called the people of desires. Taqdeem al-hawa ala al-shara. They have made their desires take precedence over the legislation. That's why Ahlul Bid'ah al-ahwa. And all of this comes under not loving that which Allah loves. And not hating that which Allah hates. Not loving for Allah and not love hating for Allah subhanahu ta'ala after this barakallahu feekum we move on to the final hadith of Arba'in al-Nawawiyah qala al-Nawawiyah rahimullahu ta'ala al-hadith al-thani wal-arba'un the 42nd hadith and 
Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu an qala sami'tu rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul qala allahu ta'ala ya ibn adam innaka ma da'awtani wa rajawtani ghafartu laka ala ma kana minka wa la ubali ya ibn adam law balagat dhunubuka anana as-sama'i thumma istaghfartani ghafartu laka na'am ghafartu laka ya ibn adam إنك لو أتيتني بقراب الأرض خطايا ثم لقيتني لا تشرك بي شيئا لأتيتك بقرابها مغفرة رأو ترمذي وقال حديث حسن وقال حديث حسن عند إزداء أنس المالك رضي الله عنه صحابي جليل from the last of the companions to die the last companions to die in Basra Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu an khadim rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was a helper of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, I heard the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Allah has said in this hadith al-Qudsi, O son of Adam, as long as you invoke me, make dua to me and ask of me and hope in him subhanahu wa ta'ala, I shall forgive you for what you have done. And I should not mind. O son of Adam, were you to sin? Or were your sins to reach the clouds of the sky and then you ask forgiveness from me, I would forgive you. O son of Adam, were you to come to me with sins nearly as great as the earth and were you then to face him and meet him subhanahu wa ta'ala and meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not associating partners with him, I would bring you forgiveness nearly as great as it too. Qala Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala that is narrated in Tirmidhi, and he said that the hadith is Hassan. Regarding this hadith, Barakallahu Fikum, we'll deal with some points. The first point is that this hadith is authentic and is Hassan, as is mentioned. Point number two, and that is that in this hadith, <coughs> It shows the importance of a Tawheed. It shows the importance of Tawheed. And that Tawheed, the one who implements the Tawheed, verily, is a means for his sins to be forgiven. And this is mentioned in various places in this hadith. The first one is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this hadith al-Qudsi, O son of Adam, uh, O son of Adam, he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if you do not, that uh, if you invoke him, you make dua, دعوتني, if you make dua to him, وَرَجَوْتَنِي, and hope in him, وَلَأُبَعْلِي. and I'll forgive you, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he wouldn't mind. In this, it shows the importance of dua and raja. It shows the importance of, of, of dua, making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and hoping in him. And Bilashik, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah. Ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah. And that is supplications, is worship. So this is ibadah, this is tawheed. Kama qala subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa anna al-masajida lillah falatadu ma'a Allahi ahada. And the masajida for Allah do not make du'a to other than him. So this is tawheed. So the one who implements this effect of tawheed. Ghaffartu laka. And now Allah will forgive that individual. So this is a means to attain the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise in this hadith, uh, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, ثُمَّ اسْتَغْفَرْتَنِي غَفَرْتُ لَكَ ثُمَّ اسْتَغْفَرْتَنِي غَفَرْتُ لَكَ Ya Ibn Adam, لو بلغت ذنوبك أنا السماء ثم استغفرتني غفرت لك أو son of Adam if your your sins reach the length of the sky ثم استغفرتني and then you seek forgiveness for me غفرت لك I'll forgive you and استغفار is عبادة and this is توحيد and this is worship and this is a means for the individual to receive the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and likewise, the emphasis, emphasis on Tawheed in this hadith as forgiving the sins is a statement where he says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Ibn Adam, inna ardi khataya, O son of Adam, if you came to me with the length of this, close to the, the, the length of this world of sins, magfira. And then you came to me, not associating partners with me, I will come with its lies forgiveness. Not associating partners, a not worshiping other than him, not committing shirk, establishing tawheed. So it shows that the importance of a show, tawheed in uh, establishing the forgiveness and attaining the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. And this brings us to point number three. And that is in this hadith, Al Qudsi, it shows the virtue of Ma Ibn Adam. The virtue of the son of Adam. In that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ibn Adam. Ya ibn Adam. Ya ibn Adam. He called him three times. Ya ibn O son of Adam. O son of Adam. O son of Adam. And that shows the virtue of Adam and shows the virtue of the sons of Adam. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing them in that form. Like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You are al Allah SWT says, Oh, you are you amanu, oh, you who believe, showing the virtues of Iman. This is the Nida, Allah calling, using Iman. And likewise, here, Ya Ibn Adam, O son of Adam, showing the virtue of son of Adam. Point number four. And in this, it shows that and that making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hoping in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a means for one's sins to be forgiven. You do not make dua to him, Allah. You do not make hope, have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. And this is, again, Lasha connected to Tawheed in that hoping in Allah is having good thoughts of Allah. Having husn al billah, having good thoughts in Allah. And this bilah shaykh, bilah shaykh, is a major aspect of a tawheed. Another benefit that we can take from this hadith, I think, is benefit number six, is the khutura to shirk. And that is the severity of shirk, associating partners with Allah, as it is a means of blocking the individual for receiving forgiveness. In Allah. لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that verily Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him but he forgives other than that. And likewise here ثُمَّ لَقَيْتَنِي لَا تُشْرِكُ لَا تُشْرِكُ بِي شَيْئًا And then you uh, uh, met me without associating anything with me. Allahu Akbar. Showing that the individual who associates anything with Allah does not attain that forgiveness showing the severity and the ill effects of shirk point number seven 
and that in it it shows that we're going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the affirmation of the affair of the hereafter laqaytani, and then you meet me Allah says which shows that the affirmation of yawm al-qiyamah the affirmation of the affairs of the hereafter and the affirmation of hisab may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and give us tawfiq that we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed and ikhlas in this hadith benefit number 8 it shows the importance of ikhlas it shows the importance of sincerity and establishing a sincerity establishing ikhlas establishing sincerity because verily from the beginning of this hadith to the end of this hadith is the affirmation of sincerity and blashek the affirmation of tawheed in general the next benefit that we can take from uh, this hadith is that Allah speaks that we affirm the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as is established in the aqeed of Ahl sunnah wa jama'ah we know it from other verses Musa that Allah spoke to Musa with a speech well, the Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, the Ashairah, the likes, the Maturidiya, and the different groups, the negators, the extreme negators, the Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, the extreme negators, they negated the speech of Allah. And in this hadith Qudsi, Samir to Rasulullah sallallahu we heard the Messenger sallallahu say, Qala Allah, that Allah said, that Allah said, and saying that Allah said is affirming that he speaks, that he has speech, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have your submit to Rasulullah, you affirm that the Messenger وسلم, speaks in that which is befitting to the creation. And qala Allah ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that is which is befitting to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Laysa kamithlihi shay, wa huwa sami'u basir. There's none that is like unto him, and he is all hearing. So there's no comparison to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. But indeed, he has affirmed that he hears and he sees subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise in this is affirmation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he speaks. And finally, in this hadith, is encouraging us, point number eight, perhaps, to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we mentioned in the previous hadith, Al-Qudsi, all of you constantly sin the night and day seek forgiveness from me and I will forgive you and likewise we have the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said inni la'astaghfirullaha akthar min sabi'ina marra kulli yawm that verily I seek forgiveness from Allah more than 70 times a day. So this shows the importance of seeking forgiveness. تَنِي, he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you forgive me. You seek forgiveness. لَكَ, and I'll forgive you. So it's important for us to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly. And make tawbah. وَتُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ And make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. تُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ Repent to Allah, as Allah said. Repent to Allah with a repentance that is sincere. You have to make istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because verily it's from His mercy that He subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives His ibad 
that return to him and seek forgiveness from him subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely and with this my dear beloved brothers and sisters we have completed the uh, the 40 hadith of Allah. so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us the tawfiq to implement all that we have read and taken from the scholars and studied and that it becomes a proof for us not against us Al-Qur'an hujjatun lak awa the Qur'an is a proof for you or against you likewise the Sunnah likewise the ilm that which we study is a proof for us if we act, act and implement it and it's against us if we neglect it this is not storytelling these aren't fables. These are revelations from Ar-Rahman, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a hadith. وَمَا يَنْتِقُ أَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحِنْ يُحَى He doesn't speak from his desires, but his revelation revealed to him. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq that we implement and take these hadith and this narration seriously and implement it and call to it and educate ourselves and our families upon it so that we may be from those who hear that which is good and follow it and achieve the love of Allah, forgiveness of Allah and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. ثم أقول حياكم الله جميعا وبارك الله فيكم